get paranoid about that at all. I just, it was just, once I started reading it, I was just like, oh my God, this explains so much about me in the last couple of years. And I was thinking I had early onset dementia because it just seemed like some of these things seemed like it was, it, well, it, you know. that runs in your family, so that had to be super scary. Yeah, and uh, my doctor kept saying, no, like, not have it. You break capacity. The fact that you can take on a new job. I, I was like, look at my, the way I can barely walk and, and talk at the same time sometimes. She's, and, and so now I'm seeing her this week for my third shot. I'm getting my third shot too this week. Woo-hoo! Shot. I know. Well, we're old ladies. We're not old ladies. But apparently, not that 50 is the new anything. Let's not, because I hate saying that 50 is the new 30, but you know, 50 is actually really much younger than what we once thought. Oh, well, especially since we're living longer, right? I mean, I think that's that's true. And also since Gen Xers are probably going to have to work until we're 80. Like you're, it is, you know, I have right, work till you die. I, I think it is just like a different idea that we need to be able to stay current. I mean, it also has something to do with Americans' obsession with youth because okay so i was just on a a gen x like game show which by the way i was actually winning until the last question and then totally lost but whatever i know which i was like so frightened i was gonna lose because i'm just not a person who files information that way but i'll put a link to the show if anybody's interested in the show notes but the host was safe was really fantastic about making sure that nobody looked super bad do you know what i mean during the show and and as usual, like I was doing well and then I lost because that's just how it goes. But we were talking about age. It came up. Remember Facts of Life? Yes. Okay. So remember the headmistress, whatever yes. her name was? Okay. During the taping of that show, she was 52. No. She yes. Does everybody older. like, you know, the Charlotte Ray? I mean, that's the actor yeah. name. But she had kind of the red hair beehive outfit. Yes. Are you kidding me? So we look damn great. Like that. She was 52 when she was in that. Wow. She was younger than us right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And my high school reunion was last night. I did not go. I saw the pictures. (laughs) And you look younger than everybody. No, you know what? That's not true. A lot of people look really good. Maybe they had to work. I did see pictures on Facebook. Some people did have work done for sure. And some people really got way too much Botox in their head. Yeah. They had that thing going where you can sort of tell. But no, I thought everybody, I thought everybody did seem to look really good. Everybody looked really happy and that just makes it. And I have to say, you know, David France was on the show last year and he was there at the, at the reunion, he came from Switzerland to go. And it was really nice because I have to say, looking at the pictures, it was a very integrated reunion. And we both talked about how in high school it didn't feel always so integrated. And yet I saw clicks mixing and I saw everybody sort of hanging out together. It made me smile. It would be interesting to hear what he felt. I know. It's true. I think he had a really great time, but I wonder what he'll he'll say. And whether it, because, you know, looks can be deceiving. Everybody. No, well, social media, right. Social media. It's, it's fine. I mean, what frightened me was like how many people I didn't recognize because of all the gray hair or I actually thought the women, well, women tend to color their hair more so I could identify certain women like 
Yeah. And it was harder sometimes with some of the men. Anyway, everybody, since we've last been, Lenya's competed. So one of her like New Year's goals, like she met and she triumphed because winner, winner, chicken dinner. She won. I won. Yes. But okay. Caveat. I was the only person competing in my age and weight class. So I was going to win anyway. But the thing is, I put up some numbers. I, I, I put up numbers that I never thought I would be able to put up in competition. I did not break the California record because someone broke it before me, but not long before me. And they like completely like told the record is amazing. And I'm so happy for them. But it gave me something to work towards for next year, which I'm okay, excited. So that is like, OK, so now everybody's listening like, well, if you're the only one, that's like saying you want explain something about the numbers so you can give us meaning when you say you put up amazing numbers. So, so knowing that I am 54 and I'm at the top end of my weight class, right? Because 55 starts the next age group. So okay. I'm at the top of my age group. And then I weigh on the day, I weighed 55 kilos, so like 119 pounds, 118, 19 pounds, which is kind of like it for me when you're in competing in that 57 kilo category. You okay. want to kind of be at that 125 pounds. That makes sense. As far as 100, yeah, 119 pounds, sorry that day. So you want to kind of be at 127 pounds so that you can put up those big numbers, but that's okay. I'm not going to worry about that. I didn't worry about that because I want to drop down the, the next right, weight, weight class. Right. So with my squat, I totaled 220, which was what I wanted, which was something I, I what had do you done mean by totaled? What does that mean? Meaning the last squat that I, I made was, you know, last squat that I did is 220 pounds. So you get three attempts at every lift. Okay. So the first lift, the first one, I think, I, I can't remember what it was in pounds. It's like 90 kilos. And, and then I got a second attempt and then I get a third attempt. Now I have to say something. This is the first competition I have ever done where I got all white lights for my squat. I always, before going to Coach Solana, always get red lighted because my depth is not right. My knees are soft. Something's off. So this is the first time I have ever gone, the heaviest I've ever gone in competition and first time ever. My squats were perfect every single time. And I think this is a true love letter to Coach Solana because this is something we have been working so hard on. Okay, well, what does white lights mean? Like a, a foul or something? Like something's yeah. off? something's off. So most of the times for the last two competitions I did before that, I would get red lighted because my depth, my butt was not, when I squat, my butt wasn't below my crease, which meant that wasn't, I was above the parallel mark. And you okay. have to kind of be below parallel for the squat to count. So I had, a, I've had problems with depth the entire time. Three coaches later, I finally had fixed it. That's so fantastic. And no, I mean, that's hard. As someone who lifts, not competitively or anything, the scariest thing is when you go, if you're trying to do a progressive overload and that day you go lower than the knee, it can yeah. be scary because if you, if you go up wrong, you're going to hurt your back. and Or you just can't go up at all. It's a okay competition because you've got spotters, right? Right. But when I'm like doing it here at home, I don't have, I have safety bars. <laughs> You know, so 
the other day when I did, I did the 220 here at home. So guys, I, it's not something I've not done before, but it is some, the first time I've ever done it in competition. I think my last squatting competition was like 189. Can I ask? So like for people, like I watched some of the videos and I mean, so like you go up there and you, there's two or three men around you. It's uh, they're my spotters. Okay. Why no female spotters? There are female spotters. Okay. All right. It just looked like yeah. my men. Yeah. It's whoever they can get to volunteer. It's a bad okay. position. And so these guys volunteered from that gym. And, you know, and then also, though, I think once it gets to a certain number, because remember, there's only three. And if I let's say I did fail that squat, it would take my standing and those three guys to help me up with the, with the bar. OK, OK. Yeah, right. so it it does it just gives a very intimidating look like you go up there and there's the three, the three men standing there like watching you. It's, well, then there's three judges that you didn't even see. Three judges two on the sides and one in the front. And they're judging whether your butt is going below the crease, whether your knees are completely locked out when you stand up. Like, they, you know, there's... Was there a crowd there or no? Yes, it was packed. I was a little nervous being in San Diego with no masks. Yeah, I noticed you weren't wearing a mask and they were. You know, I have this weird thing. Don't judge me. But like Not leading up to you. the competition, leading up to the competition, I was like, I can't get COVID. Because I need to have this competition. But then once I was there, I was like, oh, fuck it. I just want to get through this competition. No, I so, get that. I, I totally yes. get that. Yeah, I mean, and nobody was just, wearing masks. Nobody. Yeah, so that it. was my thing. But I did. I had been tested twice since then. So, and I don't have COVID. So. What number did you put up with the bench? Bench was not so great. Okay. I, I failed my last one. So I put up, I think, 121. Okay. 121 pounds, which is it's a lot. It's a lot. But like in, in training. I did 125. I okay. can do 120 pounds for reps. So it wasn't, it, that was not a good total for me. I really, really, no, I, it's funny. Like I, 130. I failed. You're talking about, you're just talking about a bench press, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that seems, I mean, I couldn't, but I mean, I can bench press with reps 75 pounds. So I was a little pissy about that. One of the things that we noticed in watching back the videos was that my rack height was the wrong rack height. And that feels, that goes back to some other things that we can talk about later about the way this competition was run. This is going to sound terrible. Maybe I'm bougie. I don't know. But the only competitions I've ever done were nationally run competitions, right? At the regionals, at the nationals. So like, I've never really done like a kind of local competition. And boy, was this run like a local competition. Right. So weight check-in was an hour late, things like that. So anyway, yeah, my rack height was not right. And my um, handler, because everything was running so late, she didn't get there in time to be able to help me with my rack height. So my rack height was wrong. And I think I expended a lot of energy just getting the bar off the rack to hold it above my head. And then I think the call down at the bottom was long. So, and I just, I got it up too. I got it up to like here and then I just kind of got stuck so this is what I'm going to work on for my next competition but yeah bench wasn't great bench was 121 and I'm, I'm still happy with that because again I want to tell you in competition last competition I think my bench was 115 wow well so, so that's huge I mean that amount of growth is just huge I want to know who was there I mean you told me that there were tons of women well who is yeah. the oldest woman competing 79 she was 79. 
badass woman. Let me tell you, it was this moment where before we were deadlifting, it clearly deadlifts was her favorite because she put up some big numbers. She actually put up a number bigger than mine. And so, cause she hit, went after me, she's sitting there and she, so, it looks like she's so calm. But I, I go to her, can I get some of that? Can I get some of that energy? Cause I'm like inside of me, I'm, you know, I'm just so nervous. And she goes, does it look like I'm calm? I'm like, yeah, you just look so calm. She goes, I'm screaming inside. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She was amazing. Oh my God. This woman was amazing. So women like basically from, in from their the 40s, 80s, from 80, so 79, all the way down to 35 in a, where on day one, I was absolutely floored with how many senior um, athletes, all female, were there. And it was just, for me, that was the best part of the whole day. See, oh, was yeah. And, and seeing that they were my age, I'm, I kind of fell in love with this woman named Gail, who she was in the next weight category, next age category up for me and the uh, weight category up for me. And we just kind of like clicked and we were chatting and it was her first competition. Oh my gosh. It was, it That's was amazing. amazing. Oh, it was so good. If I could have that every single time I go to a, the gym, I don't, I think I, I would just always be pumped. Well, it's so motivating when you see like a community of women, one interested in what you're interested in. And two, you see sort of beginners and pros like all joining in in the community. It's got to be amazing. I really wish I could do their competition in April. I really wish I could just to be around them again. I might just go. Yeah, why not? Watch because these ladies were amazing. And, you know, and I'm in the beginning when I first arrived, nobody knew who I was because I'm an outsider coming from L.A. And it wasn't that they were unfriendly, but they were just everybody was like kind of, you know, head down, bum up. And I was that one person who did not walk in with my outfit, like my weightlifting outfit on because I can't stand that thing. And anyway, and it's kind of like uncomfortable. But so I, and there was only one bathroom. Don't get me started on that. Bath. Only one bathroom to um, change clothes in. And they were using it to weigh people. So I was oh. out in the back alley, naked, putting on my, clo- my outfit. And these ladies, this is what broke the ice. They came and they were like, let us surround you because it's to help you. <laughs> and so they oh like altered our putting towels around me so that I could get dressed. And that's what broke the ice. I was like, I don't care. Everybody's seen nipples before. <laughs> Free the nipple. Yeah. And that broke the ice. And then they were just amazing. These ladies were amazing. That's fantastic. So tell me, so what was the racial makeup of this crowd? There was only, there was like three or four black ladies. There was quite a few Asian ladies and then Hispanic. It was actually kind of mixed. But there was only, I mean, when you think of the numbers, Probably a lot more white women, but I didn't care. It was just a lot of women. And I was yeah. happy. You competing near the men, were the men there too, or was this just women's? So the fir- the, the men who were young, like in the teenage, teenagers, they competed in, at, in my sort of uh, flight. But then the next, the next one, which we didn't stay for, were the men, the, the lighter men, the lightweights to, and then the, the next day they were having the heavy dudes. And that's always fun, the heavy dudes. If you ever go to a national competition and ever get to see Ray Williams squat, he was the first person to ever squat a thousand pounds 
unbelievable. Somebody has squatted a thousand pounds. Oh, now people do it all the time. But yes, he was the first. Yeah. He is so much fun to watch. For me, the women are so much more fun to watch than the men, but he's fun. Oh, and the older men are fun. Like Rick's David. Oh my God. Oh, David Rick's. David Rick's. Oh my God. How old is he? I think 60. I mean, he's basically our age. A little older. He's in the 60s. Like, but I can't, I couldn't remember whether he's in the, he's either at the end of the top of the first bit of the 60s, the A group, or he's at the beginning of this, the B group, which is like 65 upwards. But he's in that middle, mid 60s. Yeah. But, you know, I think he's also started late. And he's just strong. He's so strong and so entertaining that when he competes, he competes at prime time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. That's so cool. So, all right. So what, what's next for you? So you're competing in March. Yeah, I'm going to compete in March, but I'm going to lo- go to the next weight class. So okay. I'm going to drop down to 52 kilos because I can't go to nationals at 52 kilos with this total, right? You have to. Compete. Okay, I get it. I mean, uh, but we forgot my deadlift. I broke, I broke my deadlift record that I had here. I broke it. at Okay. Company. What was it? 259. Holy shit. Yeah. And it, it came up so easy that I totally felt like I had 265 in, my, in me and I just, I didn't know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. So I'm definitely going for the 270 or 280, maybe even 300 for, for the next problem. So how are you going to do this? Are you just going to be on a super strict dry, diet to try to take that weight off very slowly? Or are you going to try to get it off and then like, None. how do you go about this? Because it's such a precision, yeah, it's like it is. precision amount at this point. So initially I sent my coach a message saying there's a comp in January. But once we realized that I was going to have to do one more comp, she was trying to get me to stay at this weight and compete because I only have six kilos away from qualifying at the weight that I'm at now. And I was like, I don't want to. I really want to drop weight. I feel gross, right? Anyway, and, and I, na- I normally kind of like want to be at that mid-range anyway. Like my body, I, I haven't gotten up to 125 pounds in ages, you know, because that's not where my body wants to be. So I was like, well, I think I want to drop. So she was like, okay, so we have to do another cop. And initially it was going to be January, but that's too soon, right? In January, you need, I need at least eight weeks to train, 12 weeks to diet. Okay. So, and then I was looking at February, but in February, I can't get the time off. So it's definitely March, which means then I can take months to diet. Right? I can start it easier. Yeah. I'll start in January, which means I can just kind of have a great break now. But funnily enough, I'm dropping weight, which is weird. Well, um, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you're doing that, but we're headed into holiday season. So, you know. Yeah, but you know what? Because I don't really eat meat, and one of the other things I'm probably going to have to do is uh, do another endoscopy because I'm I'm really, really, really having problems with bread again. So we're going to see if this is if this is not just an intolerance for gluten or if I have like celiac disease. And so if I do, then that makes these that makes holidays so easy because if you can't eat bread. And or you don't meat. eat meat. And yeah. I don't eat meat. Then what is there to eat? Brie. <laughs> I have. 
I earned, I think, a vegan gluten-free mac and cheese. Yeah, that, that so could work. Good. That could totally yeah. work. But, you know, I'm not a big, I'm just not a big eater like that. I think mean, I am, the cake and stuff like that is becoming my weakness. And, you know, so that's where I have to, like, kind of, the pies, sweet potato pie. Oh, God, girl, sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. Well, we're going next week and it's going to be the whole like tribe is together. Oh, yeah. You did this year. Yeah. Well, we're doing it in Phoenix. But Alex and Steve are coming back like from Iowa. We're all going to be together. But it's basically then this week where we all it's basically a week party. Right. With with of us. And so. And and actually, like Kim, who's usually out in Phoenix, now we're going to be there. So it's ev- it's everybody. It's the whole San Francisco bunch of us like together. So now I have to go in with an eating plan because I yeah. it'll just be a food parade. And since I'm a compulsive eater, it's I it isn't I'll have no interest in the food until I start eating the food, and then I won't be able to stop eating the food. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I have to figure out what my what my plan is going to be. But yeah, I think so. I remember last year, my nutritionist said, look, it'll be an untracked day to get the pressure off. Drink lots of water. Bring your water bottle and drink lots and lots of water because you, you'll get full with the water. Plus, it flushes out things quicker. So I did that and I'm getting one simple pound. Mind you, I ate so much crap. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'll watch. I'm so sensitive to heat with me- being menopausal. So at this point, I was like, we're going to be hot. I don't, I'm not interested in food when it's hot anyway. So I, I think if I can just maintain that. But it's so hard because your man is like a chef. No, so- and like the there's another there's another man there who's also a chef. And the two of them like get together and it's just spectacular food in there. Yeah, every day. Like he's making, Jason already texted us. He's like, I hope everybody likes spicy food because I'm doing a chili from Colorado, like when you guys first arrived. So it's going to just be every day. That's okay. I I was like, I'm, I'm going to handle it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I have to say, I've been saving this story for you. You know, everybody knows I love donuts. I do. I really love glazed donuts. They are my my weak point. And really, I never eat them that much because, yes, too much sugar. It's, you feel gross after. But twice a year, I usually go treat myself to six to a dozen glazed donuts and we'll sit and eat them throughout the day. I have not done that. It's been more than really? a year. Because Eric works at home all the time. I'm never going to go anywhere. So I'm not going to go somewhere. I need to be alone in the house to have this private moment with the donuts. So Eric's always working. So here's the thing. I've been sort of thinking about it, but I'm so in control. I've been working out. Everything's been going great. Knock on the door. Lenya, there's a knock on the door and there is a man there with a dozen donuts. And I'm like, excuse me? And the man is, oh, there's filming going down the block. So we're like giving donuts like to everybody in the neighborhood just to thank them for you know being so cool about the noise and the parking etc and hands me a box of donuts and here's the deal eric in the most anti-codependent thing he has ever done is he took those donuts from me and put them in the garbage can what 
And I, and trust me, trust me, everyone listening, they, we both had a shadow, like we have, a, you know, homeless encampments by the river. We could have brought the, them, but they would have never made them to the river because I would have eaten them. So he put them, he put like hair from the drain on top. He's, you can't, you're not going to pull a George Costanza and eat donuts <laughs> out of the garbage. He was just like, he, it was, I was like, those are free donuts. It was like free calories. And he was like, no, you're just going to hate yourself after it's, I don't want to hear it. And it was, yeah, I got no donuts. Wow. So I love sidecar. Oh, me too. And on my birthday, I get sidecar donuts. See? Everybody. But I didn't get it this year. Well, I because you were training. You couldn't do it. It was September. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing, I'm not doing donuts either. For my birthday, I'm not going to do donuts. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to have to like, you know, give Eric a bit of a, a hug next time because that is, that is not something my husband would do. He'd be like, oh, I have to do I'm like, you fucker trying to sabotage me. Now that you're training for the competition, what are you, what are you going to be doing for the holidays? What is your plan through the end of the year? I am going to have fun. I'm going to have Thanksgiving with my neighbors. I don't know what I'm going to do for Christmas because, you know, retail, I'll be working. But I know I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to worry about it. You know, every year for the last three years, I have had to worry about it. I gave up years ago sort of the rites and the rituals around it. Like we're not big. It's not like we give big gifts. Like Eric and I actually don't give gifts to each other usually for Christmas. Like we do birthday gifts, but we don't do Christmas gifts um, because usually it's travel and we're just putting the money into travel. Are you going to travel? It's interesting. There's a lot going on, right? So we're going to Phoenix for, for a week at Thanksgiving. And then we are, and then I'm leaving like the next the Monday after Thanksgiving, I'm flying to New York and I'm doing, I rented an apartment in Harlem, like an Airbnb in Harlem for the first five days. Then I'm going and meeting my, my, my parents at the Met and I'm seeing Tosca. Then I'm going to go spend basically a week in New Jersey and see family and friends. And then Eric is joining me and we're driving up to Kingston, New York to sort of check out that town in the Hudson River Valley as maybe one of, it's on our list of maybe places to eventually move. So that's, that's sort of my plan. So I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Then we get home. We've been talking about going up to Portland because Portland is also on our list. But I don't think, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know, but we're not doing international travel right now. It's like crazy. Prices are crazy unless there's some real deal that all of a sudden, like we can hop, you know, and go like somewhere for a week, like just to a city, you know, once like we went to Rome for New Year's Eve, do something like that. But I, I don't think so. I saw Um, some really great deals to Switzerland. Well, that would be fun. Yeah, but I'm not, I, I'm not traveling. I'm waiting for Kenny. Yeah. Oh, because oh, the borders to Australia finally open and Charmaine is coming. Yeah. So between those two things, I will do nothing. <laughs> will you be here in um, March? Because Kadeem is going to do American Ninja Warrior. Well, oh, my God. Here. That's so exciting. Oh, I shouldn't even be putting it out here on the on the podcast. Well, he's going to make a make a plan to do it. So I'm excited. 
Yeah, of course I'll be here. I will definitely be here. So, I mean, it's, yeah. So I don't, we'll see. I had to buy, I bought a down coat for myself for New York so I can walk around. Well, of course I wanted to buy like a really cute wool coat, but I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. Uh Because then it's going to snow and I want to walk around everywhere. And that's ridiculous. Just buy it. I bought a nice one, but I mean, it's still, it's, it's ridiculous. But I'm, yeah. But no, I'll be here for more. I'll be here in March. Costco um, is my favorite opera. I I would love to see that live. I've never seen it live. Oh my god, I'm very excited. I'm very excited because it's always so expensive. You can't go to the opera's hard to get to. So I might yeah. go see a couple of shows. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I still have to teach, so I'll be teaching remotely. But I'm I'm excited to be. I'm excited for cold weather. I mean, I'm sitting here in a tank top and it's hot out, and I'm just bitter. <laughs> oh, it's just shitty that I'm. Meanwhile, everybody on the East Coast is so jealous of us right now. My brothers and st- oh my god, so jealous. Yeah, I mean, just something to feel that it's different. I mean, or at least to have different to wear different clothes. I mean, it's so. Yeah, I know it's so bad, but whatever. It is what it is. I am kind of planning on going to Malawi in in May, so. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed for that. We could do a, we should do a podcast from Malawi. If you can get. Oh, definitely. Well, if we do it, we will do something from Jacaranda for sure. For sure. It would be fantastic. And I'll see if I can get like people from there to join us on the podcast. That would be amazing. Definitely be amazing. Yeah. Well, my competition is going to be in Connecticut. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And so my parents will get to see me do my thing for the first time ever that is that's big do they like do they i mean is your dad really supportive of this does he know well when i had my first competition he gave me the money to buy all the crazy amounts of equipment i need so oh that's so amazing yeah i'm slowly replacing everything now but yes why do you replace just because weights because do they become obsolete like how why why do you need to replace my wrist wraps kind of got really old. Yeah. My that onesie I had, the original onesie I had, I didn't like. But now I have a pink one, I, which I still don't like. But that's okay. I have I have a new new pink knee sleeves. I have pink weight belt coming. So one of the you don't hear this in the videos that I put up on Instagram. So yeah, anyone um, I put up videos of my my personal Instagram and my personal TikTok. But you don't hear it. But one of the things that the every time the, it was my name called and it was my turn, they were like in our favorite pink lifter because I was all in pink and I was the only person that actually cared about my whole outfit. Yeah, on the floor, the only one, even my shoes. But yeah, I'm slowly changing everything to pink so I can be that pink lifter. But yet, my dad and my mom. I don't know if my mom will go, but my dad for sure. I don't think any of my family members even understand what I do. They think I'm one of those bikini people that pose. They don't oh realize. My God. Oh, the old fashion, like the bodybuilder pose. Yeah. Like they, they don't understand that it's completely different. Completely different. I, I, I mean, I well, don't you'll have to invite them to come and hopefully they'll come and they'll see you and they'll be like, holy shit. And hopefully there'll it's be some other older ladies there as well. So it will be nice to have some competition. 
Well, coming when I after the competition, I double masked to go back to work because and I wouldn't. I was so afraid, and I immediately told my my boss. I was like, I don't know if I've been exposed, but I, it was just a shit show because the room where we all were warming up was so tiny that I was like basically from here to the computer, away from the next person with no mask, um, trying to just warm up. I was like, seriously. And, and, and what was really weird is in San Diego, it was as if COVID never existed. Yeah. They know he's wearing masks in and out of shopping centers, malls, restaurants, a uh, hotel at the hotel. We were the only people in masks and I'm talking in front desk that, and they cleaned our roots, which is something I had not experienced as in a hotel since COVID. Normally yeah. they don't clean your rooms. Nope. They cleaned our room in San Diego. COVID never existed. <laughs> That's crazy. That is so crazy. That is, well, so anything current events-wise you're angry about before we close the episode? Kyle Rittenhouse and that fucking little shit. <laughs> and the... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. That judge. That judge. I know. That judge is insane. I do think, like, here's the thing. I do think it's a much messier case than mm-hmm. anyone knew. Yeah. What we hate this week, that judge. But yes. I also want to say shame on you, media. Shame yep. on you, media, because you have now set this up to be yeah. a reckoning point when it seems like kind of a mess of a case. Yeah. Where it is, there is going to be either a defense or reasonable doubt in this. And I, you know, but legally that looks like that really could be true. And the media has done nothing but Mm -hmm. flame the fire of, of extremes. And it's, it's very bad. It's very bad. So shame on the media for actually not actually getting all the facts when, when media has access to those facts, like that the media would just, sort of do the same thing that individuals are doing on Twitter, on Instagram, and that they aren't sort of saying, here's an in-depth analysis. Like I saw today on the New York Times, there actually is now a legal analysis. And I was like, that should have come so much sooner. Yeah. And that judge, he should be recalled. He needs to retire. I, it is, he is, he's an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment. Yeah. So the what profession. What do you think about the case of the three men that um, killed Ahmaud Aubrey? That all that has been swept under the rug because Kyle Rittenhouse is same. It's all going on at the same time. Yeah. The reason I think that's true is because the Aubrey case is actually probably cleaner and should just end up the person should be convicted, hopefully, yeah. and very easy. So it's not as sensational. The judges are making these comments, and then we're all focused on that. It's like yeah. we reward bad behavior in this country. Yes. Over, I've, over, over again. and over again. I say this all the time. All the time. I have actually, you're going to be surprised. I've stopped watching the news. I do not turn it on anymore. I just, I personally am feeling assaulted every time I turn on the TV. I just can't do it anymore. And this is so not like me. So not like me. And, and I'm going to You know, it's, you need a break. I mean, I, yeah. I also think that you know, in looking today, I like, I read the 
the New York Times, like I went through the, like I scrolled through the front page and then I, and then I also did the same thing for the LA Times. And there was this thing where I was like, I just need some good news. And it isn't like I need a feel good story. What I want is some policy initiative that's working, you know, something like there's everything is not working and it, and it contributes to I'm triggered. I can't actually do this right now. That is completely where I feel many people are, which is bad. We need we need people to be active. We need people to be engaged. But people also need to protect their nervous systems and not freak out because things are not easy right now. I know I'm going to talk about TikTok, but there's a gentleman I follow on TikTok. By the way, I've asked him to actually come on to the podcast. He does oh, an I would love TikTok about the history of New Orleans. And he, for the whole month of October, went around the different haunting grounds of New Orleans and talking about, you know, all the history. And this month being Native American History Month, he's talking about the Native American history of um, New Orleans every single day. But anyway, the other day, he said he just very raw post, something that's not something not usual for him, where he's just, I just can't right now. Does anybody else look at the news, open up the news and just feel like I just cannot as a black person do this anymore and he goes i know this sounds like a rant and because i'm on you know going off and everything but i just because i'm just i'm just so spent and i i commented i was like you're just speaking what most black people are feeling right now it's just it we have not caught a break we never really catch a break but like since george floyd we have not caught an emotional break it feels absolutely onslaught every day and some of us can handle it better than others for a while i could but now i just i can't do this anymore i just feel like i can't and i don't feel like i'm being a productive member of society at this moment in time no i totally get it i totally get it i everything is so sensationalized and all we're doing is and i do think there's this concept of the media wants to keep the pressure on so let's keep the pressure on white people this is still happening let's keep the pressure on that this is still going on people still haven't learned you know so the so yeah. the pressure still needs to be on but all of this like it's exhausting for everybody i mean yeah it's there's no letting up and I don't know wh- when, I don't know when that changes. Well, the fact that we're still talking about it this long means we've already started the change, to be honest. Because by now, usually it's all stuff in the rug. Black people are back to being marginalized. Nobody gives a shit. But like, it is still in your face quite dominantly. Absolutely. That's true. And I think you see it like leaking into TV storylines just normally. They've introduced more diverse characters and it isn't just that they're being what I like. And I've noticed is that some of the storylines just generally aren't. It's not focused on the trauma necessarily because that also feels like it's performative. What it really feels like it's doing is that it's just in the storyline. This is the America we live with. If there is a black male character and they get pulled over by the police officer, it's not, it is going to be played with the nervousness that every single black person must feel when they're pulled over by a police officer. And so I do think there is a movement forward in that direction and that's positive. Yes. I mean, that's full representation of the country we have. That's a really good place to end. We have a website, people. Womenbridgingthegap.com. 
We have an Instagram and we have a Facebook. And we would love to hear from you guys. I don't think we hear enough from you. Okay, so with that, see ya. Oh, 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 oh,